0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special holiday edition of the Muckrake Podcast Weekender Edition.
1: How are you doing, Nick? Uh, I, you know, I, I love this time of year. I got to tell you, I love the music. Yeah. Um, there are some movies out there that deal with uh, Christmas that I really, really enjoy and like to watch whenever I get a chance during this time. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Well, we're going we're, we're gonna to focus today. We're going to break down uh, the 1990 movie, The Macaulay Culkin Vehicle. Home Alone. Uh, we're going to talk about neoliberalism. We're going to talk about, about a lack of faith, the importance and cult of property. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. but, but but before we do, I want to point something out, Nick. You had never seen this before. I had, you know, I was, I'm looking it up right now. wanting to see exactly when it was released because I was a senior in high school. I know I'm old, but uh, let's see, it was released... Um,
0: I have to assume seniors in high school were not lining up at the multiplex to see Home Alone.
1: Yeah, so here's what it was. November 16, 1990. I had just gotten to college, you know, in September of that year. So, we're not seeing movies. I'm too busy being in college. So, that explains a real... Because, listen, Hughes, growing up in Chicago, yes, it's, you'll see every movie. Um, and if you worked in movies and films like I did, like, you'd work on those films after college. He would be... It was a whole s- ecosystem that he created in Chicago. Uh, but, yeah, I'd never, never seen it. I had never, I guess, had a desire to see it. I don't know. I mean, certainly we're all familiar with the famous shots of, you know, violence <laughs> to people on stairwells and uh, and faces <laughs> after with aftershave. But, uh, yeah, I had never seen it. And, man, it was a uh, an experience. It's a romp is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I it mean, was, um, yeah. It's not good, right?
0: <laughs> it's got moments. I will say, and and we'll get into, of course, when we do these deep dives, because Nick and I, uh, we love movies, we dissect movies, we get deep into them, we're going to talk not only about the politics of it, but also the story, the structure, how it's carried out. I will say, and and real fast, I want to point out, this was, back in the day, one of the heavily in rotation movies for me. Like, this was a Christmas thing that I watched. Back in the day, I don't know if you have nostalgia for this, Nick, the old VHS boxes, that very particular type of cardboard glossy kind of look at him um, I I in my mind's eye I can just imagine going over to my grandmother's giant TV you know the massive TV in the living room that like when it eventually moved it like there was a, a spot <laughs> at the carpet that was right. never going to come out and one of those big weird brown VHS boxes you know what I mean that holds all the tapes with all the slots Oh. And going in and grabbing that out, putting it in and watching it and having a great time. Um, so this was, it wasn't something my family watched. Um, I saw it first in theaters. This was an excellent, because I was, so November 90, I'd be, I would have been nine. Mm-hmm. Um, that, it was a hell of a good time for me. That, that, that was a nine-year-old Jared Yates Sexton wanted to defend his house. And wanted there to be someone to, to break in. And actually, weird little aside, Nick, um, not to get too morbid, someone did try and break into my house. Oh. And yeah, there was a, a, a stalker situation. And I did put booby traps out.
1: <laughs> I mean, inspired by this movie is what you're saying. It was after I the movie. I have
0: to assume, <clears throat> on some level, conscious or unconscious, I was uh, influenced by this. Uh, Not the best thing in the world I have to say when when you are trying to bring home alone out into the real world That's probably not great but I was wondering real fast um, – I, I was going to go through mine. What was your – what were your Christmas
1: movies in the rotation?
0: What were your What were your holiday movies in the rotation?
1: Oh Well, It's a Wonderful Life absolutely yep. is the one I love to watch as much as possible. You know what I haven't done but I've had this uh, irrepressible uh, desire and and like need to see is the um, Cornelius Yukon, you know, uh, stop motion uh, Rudolph one. Absolutely. Um, I really got to see it again because that is my childhood. We watched that so much. And I don't think I've seen it. it maybe it doesn't always come on. Maybe i got to find it streaming. I'm sure it's on easy somewhere. But I have to do it this year.
0: Well, you know what's awful about that? So last night, actually, I watched the Peanuts Christmas. Yeah. Which I got to tell you, you want to talk about a critique of capitalism. <laughs> okay. Like The Peanuts uh, Christmas uh, special is like, it is just about consumerism. Um, and by the way, I want to point out, sometimes during the holidays, which is, of course, like, Consumerism central. That's where people, of course, make their money in in, in corporate sales. Um, it's funny, like we do have these moments where all of these movies always sort of have a critique of capitalism at their heart, and they're, they're, it's like a moment where you can sort of get close to it. You know what I mean? Because it's supposed to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those stop motion movies and the the Christmas classics—they've all been eaten up by the streaming services. They used to just show up on CBS you know, on a random Thursday and you just kind of had to look in the TV guide to find them. Um, the stop motion, Rudolph, I love it. I love it so much. It feels so different. It feels of such a different time. Um, I, I, I tried watching Frosty last year. Uh, Frosty does not hold up. It doesn't? What, what a dope.
1: I was, was devastated dope. by Frosty the Snowman. Devastated.
0: Now listen, when Frosty melts... That's a hard moment.
1: It. I mean, I'll, I, I'm traumatized to this day. I'll never forget that moment.
0: It's as bad as E.T. dying, is what it is. It's really,
1: really awful. It's too much for a kid.
0: Uh, the ones for my family, A Christmas Story, because it's set in Indiana. Uh, that became like in the regular family tradition. But the one we watch every Christmas Eve, probably the movie I've seen more than any other movie, because we watch it once a year, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh-oh. Uh, because it's a representation I come from, I come from white trash uh, you know poor white family um, the Griswolds with Uncle Eddie were a great representation of uh, what my family felt like so that's
1: every Christmas Eve that's, that's what we watch well I gotta tell you that's another movie that I haven't seen
0: are you for real?
1: I've seen. I mean, listen. I've seen regular vacation, you know, hundred fifty times. I know every you know, but I don't think. And I saw the one when they go to Europe. I love European vacation, but I stopped there. And I bet you it also came out when I was in college or something. We didn't. We We're going to a lot of movies. I, I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I've never seen the the uh, the Christmas vacation.
0: You should remedy that. Also, I want to point out just because it's a, it's a holiday episode of the show. I'm amazed that we talk so much. So constantly, and 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 yet somehow or another, I'm still learning things about you. Like oh. how how in the hell is that possible? How how am I just learning? You've never seen Christmas Vacation.
1: You know, we have a very specific uh, crossover we have a in our lives. Very specific lane. <laughs> and it, and if we had just been in the same city and had a couple beers at some point, I would have. Because I, I want you to know. I lead off with most of my conversations telling people. That I haven't seen Christmas Vacation.
0: <laughs> that that probably makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Uh, I have to
1: uh, probably
0: they're like Nick. It's April. Why are we having this conversation? <laughs> right. uh, well, so by the way, speaking of um, National Lampoons, uh, this of course was written by John Hughes, and uh, John Hughes is a very interesting figure in Hollywood. Um, there's, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And, of course, Home Alone um, is Macaulay Culkin. We'll get to him and, and his performance and what he does. This is a child movie. Uh, John Hughes's movies are very famously about children or teenagers who live in a suburban atmosphere. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in John Hughes' movies. Um, they are not uncomplicated young people. Uh, they have a lot of um, psychological hangups. There's always like weird elements of like sex and like adult themes that start sweeping into their lives that cause tension. What, what's your opinion of John Hughes?
1: Well, you know, growing up again in Chicago with things like Ferris Bueller coming out right when I was a teenager, uh, you know, the guy knows how to write and yep. like if you want to study how to introduce characters just watch breakfast club because within you know 2 minutes there is a lot of characters he is able to completely and utterly establish exactly who these people are in such a quick manner and in a clever way like that is that every school uh, film school should be teaching that when you're trying to develop you know who The Breakfast are.
0: Club characterization is one of the best in the business mm-hmm. whenever i taught screenwriting i either showed the beginnings of Breakfast Club Or the first five minutes of The Big Lebowski. Because it's like the first time that you see The Big Lebowski, you know who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, like everything about him in the grocery store paying it, you know, with a check for 59 cents, (laughs) like a bathrobe and like those uh, jelly flip flops. But you're exactly right. John Hughes establishes characters so quickly so fast and so permanently that you, you feel as if you've known them for a very long time.
1: Right. And, and then, you know, what's, what makes a bad movie is exposition and, like, talking, talking about who you are. Hey, Jared, you always are doing that funny thing that we're talking about right now for the next two minutes. Like, that is all, like, bad filmmaking and you rarely ever see he, I don't think that happens ever in a huge movie. He's able to put us in. And that goes for even the ones, like, some kind of wonderful, the ones that are a little bit more... Um, actually, some kind of wonderful may not have been his but it was based on, it was anyway, the point being that even the ones that might not have been as well received still have that kind of discipline from him that he's not going to get into a lot of the extra exposition. So that's probably the thing I take away the most is, is the character development uh, is so good generally with this and you relate and you can connect and you know exactly who they are very quickly.
0: And, and by the way, I, I think that this one home alone, I, I I think it is a classic Christmas movie. I do. And, and, and here's the thing So you, you asked, is it good? Um, compared to most of the movies that come out now, it is. You know, it's competent filmmaking. The combination of John Hughes, who writes in, incredible moments of dialogue, exposition, um, the the setups in it. I have issues with this movie, which we'll get into. There are problems with this movie. And I actually think that the problems come from a lot of the politics that we're going to discuss. But Chris Columbus. I mean, what a whimsical filmmaker! You know what I mean? It's like you take the John Hughes sort of child family suburban setting and you infuse it with like Chris Columbus's sort of uh, um, sort of eye and, and grandness and sort of color uh, colorfulness. And the music, the music in this film is tremendous.
1: By the way, that's the first thing you hear is the music, and yes. it, it. And let's not forget, he later on goes to direct Harry Potter movies. It's the Harry Potter music, just about. It was very startling. My wife and I were watching it going, like, whoa, that is weird. And we knew, you know, because Christopher Columbus, it, we knew he was directing it, that, and he did it. That is a weird connection, which doesn't exist, but, like, somehow does now, uh, you know, in the in the future.
0: I agree. And, and here's the thing. And I want to go ahead and start venturing into discussing the movie. I, I want to say what everybody knows about Home Alone is this. Well, two things, actually. One thing is Macaulay Culkin. An absolute star. I, I I would say one of the best young person child performances. I would put his performance in Home Alone up there with um, Oh Dorothy. Um, Wizard of uh, Oz. Judy Garland. Wow. Okay. I, I would put it up there um, with um, Oh uh, Taxi Driver. Um,
1: yeah, um, J-, J. Foster.
0: Yeah, Jody Foster. Yes. I, man, I'm bad with names. This morning. I'm I'm only on my second cup of coffee. Wow. Um, I would I would say this is like one of the best sort of star-making performances. I would say it's so good, in fact, that it ruined Macaulay Culkin as an actor and, and maybe as a person. Um, like, this is such like a quintessential performance that people can't get past. The second thing I will say, everybody knows it for the violence, him setting up these traps to protect his home. I would make the argument, Nick, that I think that it shouldn't have all of that. I actually think it should be about a kid who got left at home and had to take care of himself and learn to miss his family. I think the misstep in this movie is the violence. I think the misstep is all of the traps and the fighting off of the burglars. And and I know that that's probably going to be controversial with our listeners and I would love for people to to weigh in on that. I think that it actually is a problem that messes with the theme of the movie and messes with what the movie is actually trying to say about mm-hmm. everything, is right. what I would
1: say. Well what it channels in my mind is you know, there are people who believe that you are and, and the laws will dictate this that if you kill somebody who's broken into your home, then you are that's you're just protecting your home. That's totally okay. So you can light someone's head on fire, you know, you can the nail on the um on the stair. Oh. I, I actually, like, I, I yelled, yelled and, like, and whatever, on the couch. I couldn't. It's yeah, it's, it is brutal. Um, you know, it, it maybe I think what you're also saying is that perhaps it needed to be a little bit more stylized and a little bit more cartoonish, and it really ends up not being that way.
0: It doesn't know if it wants to be that. Some of it is very cartoonish, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, like him getting his hair, his head set on fire. Mm-hmm. Then there's him stepping on a nail. That's not cartoonish. No, that's no. It was honest to God. Him stepping on the, I'm so glad that you pointed that out because I would have forgotten about it. When he steps on the nail on the stairs, Nick, it looks like something in an Eli Roth movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: It it, it stays <laughs> on it and it makes you look at it. And mm-hmm. so I, I I think that the 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 way that that feels is so off. But it also runs. Counter to what's happening in the movie, and I I, want to get into the defense of the home in a minute, but I want to start with the start of the movie. We have a well-to-do suburban family, right? A big, giant family that is getting ready to
1: go to Europe. Which, by the way, do you remember why they're going to Europe? Uh, The 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 father has a job in Paris. She said something really quickly about like you know. I think a brother. Yeah. It's not
0: well established, right? Yeah. All we know is that they're going, right? Mm-hmm. And we see Kevin McAllister, McCulloch Calkin, who is just like, he feels like the outcast in his family. Uh, you know, he, he's sort of the young one that sort of everybody looks down on and kind of picks on. And at some point in the midst of all of this, he wishes that he doesn't have his family, right? That they would just go away and he would be by himself. And I want to point out, Nick, why does he wish that? It's not just because they're mean to him. It's also because things like he doesn't get the pizza that he wants, right? He doesn't get to sleep in the room that he wants. He, it's it's all about sort of comforts that he doesn't necessarily get that other people are getting. You know what I mean? And it's it's this wish to be away from your family. And when it happens, Nick, he's celebratory. He's so happy that he literally loses every member of his family, everyone that he supposedly loves. The beginning of this movie is a uh, straight-up celebration.
1: Well, I got to go back for a second and tell you, I am completely sympathetic to Kevin. I think that the parents allowed bullying they I, were assholes to him and yeah. like were like almost like little kids themselves which the mother says to him and forces him to go up into the attic I, I thought th- you know this would never stand now the way you treat a kid and how they allow the other siblings to treat him
0: and I'm glad you pointed that out too because so here's the thing Nick I, I when I watch like a movie that has like sequels I get my OCD flares up and I want to watch like see how the, the, the thing changes so I watched Home Alone too, which is a garbage movie. Okay. And you've been listening to a free preview of our patreon exclusive weekender show if you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week not to mention exclusive content uh live hangouts question and answer sessions we're even going to do some of these lives so you can come and watch how the sausage is made all you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash muckrake podcast on top of that you get to hang out with the muckrake community which are uh Really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash podcast. We'll see everybody next week.